This is a journey into sound. Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. This is Volume 5, fifth episode. Hope you guys have been having fun out there. It's summertime. We're coming to you from the home offices in the South Bay. Uh, been doing a little logging around here. Uh, some some Midland surfing down at Sano and uh, Doheny. It's actually had a bit of size. The you know Doheny, the outer indicator has been breaking and that's been fun. Uh, a lot of people kind of talk shit about that wave, but you know, when there's a swell in there, that's like three to five feet, it breaks perfectly. And I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, just don't, don't spread that word too much because it's usually pretty quiet. Anyway, uh, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Check out our page, uh, com that lists all the tracks we're playing here and uh, some links to what we're talking about. And what we're going to talk about today is we're actually going to keep it really simple. No short takes, no politicking. It's straight up interview time. And it's an interview with our homegirl, Worm, Erin uh, Ashley, logger from Long Beach, uh, who's been a fixture, you know, Malibu and other spots. Um, I think her background's really interesting. I think she's such a great server, has amazing style. And her whole general style and vibe is is something that I think we need more of out there. So we're going to play a couple of tracks and then go right into the interview. Again, this is the Bodega Border Group podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Bodega Border Crew, and uh, enjoy the tracks. Peace. This is a journey into sound. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value. Ready? I throw this switch. Pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Pump that bass. Please, uh, would you mind saying that again? Test for you a special news bulletin from our on the spot passport. Oh my gosh, the music just turns me on. of a master plan. 
this ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I should deep up, still coming up with lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how I could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, roll up, roll up I used to roll up, roll up I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling You still don't nothing move but the money But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five If I strive, then maybe I'll stay alive So I walk up the street, whistling this Feeling out of place, cause man do I miss A pen and a paper, a stereo, a taper Me and Eric being a nice big plate of fist Which is my favorite dish But without no money, it's still a wish Cause I don't like to dream about getting paid So I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made So now it's a test to see if I got pulled Hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full Check this out, yo, Eli, turn the bass down and just let the beat keep on rocking. And we out of here. You better talk to my mother.
Out the gate again, time to raise the stakes again. Fat my plate again. Y'all cats know we always play to win. GNG to the stars, son. Haters took the shit too far, son. So that's all for you. I'm wiping out your whole team. Ow, splatter your dreams with lyrics to shatter your schemes. The badder you seem, the more lies you tell. The more lies you sound. Now by surprise, you fell into my death trap, right into my clutches. Stupid, you know the guard must bless every single mic he touches. I've suffered just so I could return harder. Wanna be the shit starter? Fuck around, make you a martyr. I'll make you famous. Turn around and make you nameless. Cause you never understood how vital to me this rap game is. Save it and hold that. You catch a hot one. Rhymes to chase a fake nigga down. Soon as I spot one. Clip. Wanna mess with this gangstar? One of the best yet. I'm nice like that. It's all good in this business of rap. Full clip. You wanna mess with this gangstar? One of the best yet. I'm nice like that. Yes, you take a rest, so if you stand in my way, I'ma have to spray. Learn that if you come against me, son, you're gonna have to pray. Since back in the day, I held the weight and kept my head up. They wanna see the guard catch a L, it's all a setup. I give no man a thing power over me. Why these niggas so jealous and looking sour over me? I'm Boulder G, I'm like impossible to stop. I'm like that nigga in the ring with you, impossible to drop. I'm like two magazines fully loaded to your one, plus I ain't gonna quit spitting. You're done, plus more than ever I got my whole shit together More than a decade of hits that'll live forever Catch a rep of my name, you're bound to fry Know how many niggas and I know that's down to die We never fail, and we ain't never been frail You niggas talk crime, but you scared of jail Full clip, you wanna mess with this Gangstar, one of the best yet I'm nice like that So good, in this business a rap Full clip, you wanna mess with this Attacking like a slick Apache Lyrics are trigger happy Blowing back your wig piece Just for the way you're looking at me Cock back blow I hit you up right now I don't know why So many of y'all Want to be thugs anyhow Face the consequence Of your childish nonsense I can make your head explode Just by my lyrical content Get you in my scope And metaphorically snipe you I never liked you I gasp that ass And then ignite you The flamethrower Make your peeps afraid to know you How many times I told you Play your position small soldier My heart is colder Makes me want to resort to violence Stop beating me in the head son Nah I'm not buying it I'm ready to blast Ready to surpass and harass I'm ready to flip Yeah I'm ready to dip with all the cash I hold my chrome steady With a tight grip So watch your dome already Cause this one might hit Full clip You wanna mess with this Gangstar One of the best yet I'm nice like that So good In this business a rap Full clip You wanna mess with this 
place like that. It's all good. So I suggest you take a rest. <laughs> One, two, what is this? 
this the five foot assassin with the rough neck business i float like gravity never had a cavity got more rhymes than the one that's got family no need to sweat our senior to gain some type of fame no shame in my game because i always be the same styles upon styles upon styles is what i have you want to just to fight for but you still don't know the half i sport new balance sneakers to avoid a narrow path messing around with this against the size of the i never have stuff because i'm not a half stepper drink a lot of soda so they call me dr pepper So won't you suckle with the mission? I never walk the street, think it's all about me. Even though deep in my heart, it really could be. I just try my best to like go all out. Somebody uh, even say, yo, shorty, uh, black, you're uh, bugging uh, out. Uh, Zulu Nation, mother's last creation. Minds get flooded, ejaculation. Right on the two-inch tape, the abstract poet incognito. Runs the cape, not the best, not the worst. And occasionally I curse to get my point across. So bust the force as I go in between the grit and the dirt. Listen to the mission, listen, missions I do work um as a crack the monotone, chilling up the jazz, so get your own smoking on repeat, cause they try to dupe me of the best of the back, but they can't do rap for us abstract, original. You can't get your own, and that's pitiful. I know I beat a man if I cold yank the plug on R and B, but I can't, and that's bar.
Cookie wasn't here. Today's the first day of a brand new year. This girls is rubbing, butts around the room. Fellas feeling good cause the gates is boom. Boom to the doom of a sugar plum tune. Me, Brown and Buster gonna rock the mic soon. With a hook, here we go in June. Power cat with the snap up in the rules. No one misses out, this is all sweet news. You choose, don't lose or views. Prices move in like fools or brews. Stacked on a four pack sack of freaks. I guess I'll play hooky for a couple of weeks.
Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Hope you've been enjoying the tracks, threw in a little Literal New School there, a little Native Tongues ending. Uh, anyway, um, check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. And I just want to get right into this. Uh, this is an interview we did with Worm, Erin Ashley, uh, down at her parents' house in Long Beach. And Erin Ashley is just amazing. Uh, one of the best loggers out there. Super fun, great personality, much more than surfing to her. And I think that's something I kind of want to highlight on people that we interview here is that there's much more than just, uh, you know, bored in some waves. There's really amazing people and amazing stories. Uh, we did this at her parents' house. Such a great vibe out there. Uh, there's some airplane noise here and there. Uh, so don't mind that. But anyway, I'm going to get right into it because it's about an hour long and I don't want to keep people waiting. So again, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume five. And here's the interview with Erin Ashley. Uh, my name is Erin Ashley. Um, people call me Worm. And then I'm in my 30s and I'm timeless. That's why I try not to give my age. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I'm way too old to be doing this. No. And I'm in Long Beach, California. So you now. you grew up here? I grew up in Long Beach, yeah. Okay. And then I grew up not surfing also. Oh. I know. So how did you... Okay, so how did you first get into surfing? Um, Real Felicity style. I don't <laughs> tell people this very often, yeah. but it's like classic. Like, I, There was this guy that I obviously liked, and he was surfing, and he was like, you should come surfing. And I was like, for sure. <laughs> for <laughs> like, sure. Totally, I do. It's this. funny because like, you do all these interviews, and... And people are like, how did you start? And you're like, I don't, I don't, it's hard to say. It's yeah. really vague. But it's, it's the classic, like, there was a dude I liked and he said I should come surfing. And so I was, I would have done, I could be a rock climber today if yeah. he had told me to go rock <laughs> He's climbing. Like, you're like, okay. <laughs> and where was, where was, this was here in Long Beach? This was here in Long Beach, yeah. So you guys went where? We went to, uh, like, Bolsa Chico or Seal and okay. um, I went surfing and I was, went with his friends and I was just terrible uh -huh. so it became this thing where it's like I was hanging out with this dude and doing it to hang out with this guy and then I was so bad at it that I just like couldn't handle that part of it uh -huh. I have this like I guess I have this like naturally like competitive streak in me uh -huh. that just makes me want to like I just couldn't handle how bad I was at is it competitive with yourself or competitive with, with myself okay that's interesting like yeah because it because you put me in a situation, like, I did this escape room, like, with my family the other, uh -huh. last week, uh -huh. and um, my family is a lot of, a uh, lot of chefs, very few cooks in the family, uh. and um, the second week, like, I, I kid you not, if some, somebody should have timed it, because my friend and I, and then my husband Jeff were in the room, and I would give, I'd say we were in there for maybe two minutes before, before me and my friend Erwin were like, we're out. We're just going to goof off the whole hour. You're like, that's it. <laughs> so, like, that, it's weird because, like, you put me in the face of, like, competition and I, like, I duck out so fast. That's not your thing. <laughs> no, but I love being uh, competitive. I just can't handle, like, if, if it's something actually interests me, I can't handle being bad at it. I want to know everything about it. And it's it. more for yourself than yeah. anything else. It's not for, like, an outward thing. It's, like, it's like you're kind of, like, internal. Like, yeah, I okay. just really want to know everything. It's like when you don't know a word or something, uh -huh. I'm really adamant about, like, finding out what that word means or, like, finding out the context. And then, like, I go into, like, some rabbit hole um, about, like, everything about it, you know? Oh, cool. I get I get that way. Like, I think that's how I, like, I, I always, the term I always use is geeking out, right? Like, so I get into something and I'm like... Like, surfing kind of became that thing for me, like, three and a half, four years ago, where it was kind of like, I want to learn the total history. And I just started buying books and books and books, and I just, like, want to learn that stuff. So I totally get that thing. 
Um, did, were, did you? When did you start? Like, when did it click? Like when? Like everyone always has that moment where they're like, "Oh, I remember that wave. Like it was this." And was there anything like that that where you were like, "Oh, I really like. I, I'm technically I could be good at this. I like I this." That's such a good question. I don't know if I had one of those moments. Um, I think I was. It sounds weird, but like in the span of like, I think I just progressed a lot faster. Okay. That it becomes than than I think I probably should have. But that kind of also just been that I was putting more hours into uh-huh. it, and that um, like I had previously bodyboarded, so I kind of had a knowledge of the ocean, which definitely helps. But like, I think I just. I don't think it necessarily clicked. I think I just, like, just progressed a lot faster. Okay. But I didn't start out good. Okay. No one does. I mean, like, does. and that's the thing that's, like, I always like I always tell people, I'm like, please, like, like, every everybody who's, like, goes out there and tries to, like, you know, bang their chest and be like, oh, I'm a good surfer. It's like, at some point, they really sucked. <laughs> at some point, they really... Yeah, well, it's everything. That's true in, like, everything. Yeah. It's like, there's... And people forget that. It's, like, pe- people... Like, it happens because, like, I come from, like, a... Like, a punk and ska background. Uh-huh. And, like, people get really hung up on, like, you know, naysaying, like, Green Day or, like, Blink-182. And they're all, like, really... Or any popular punk yeah, band. Yeah. And they're like, that's not punk. And you're like, first of all, it is. Yeah. But also, also, you're like, you know, none of us, like, really started out by listening to, like black flag or something yeah. none of us started the first band we had listened to wasn't like the crow mags like yeah. most of us or the scottalites or any of that most of us listen to like real big fish or like blink 22 mm-hmm. or alkaline trio and there's nothing wrong with those latter bands like i love a lot of those latter bands but it's like to pretend that you were like core from the get-go is like outrageous yeah and then to like once you finally get into that land where you're kind of considered like an elder yeah like to forget that you were ever like you know a younger is yeah. like wild yeah it's i mean it, it does help to like humble yourself right like i think at the end of the day like yeah you should be able to be like okay you know what i really was into this shitty band but because of that shitty band or you might think it's a shitty band i got it by listening to who influenced them i got into this exactly other stuff. exactly like i always use it like I used to play in a band too years ago and I always said it's you have to like my goal was always to be influenced by the influencers not the influence I might have got my taste like I'll give you an example like I really got into the Red Hot Chili Peppers when I was in high school but I was like huh I want to learn how to play like that but instead of trying to figure out them when I figure out the bands like made them made them and then I got like addicted to like Funkadelic and Hendrix and like a lot of early LA punk and I was like oh that's how they got to this point yeah uh, um, and you would never get to the point that the Red Hot Chili Peppers got to if you didn't do it that way yeah because if you did it where you're just listening to like Fleer or like mm-hmm. Anthony Kiedis or any of those guys yeah. then you're starting from there which is going to take you somewhere completely different than mm-hmm. like where they were yeah do you think there's something in it like that kind of methodology to surfing where people are like looking at okay there's this guy or girl out there right now and i want to they don't copy is a bad word but they're like i want to surf like them yeah without realizing well who were their people but that were their influences i think uh i know i mean that's exactly what i did to learn like that's i mean i looked at people like that i liked and i was like i want to surf like that like who did you who who were the first people that like you were like hey i like like how they surf like there's something there i'm gonna say the first person that 
always comes to my head whenever I'm like, that's who I wanted to surf with, was like Lance Carson. I okay. loved how he was just like a straight stick man on the nose. And uh. like, just couldn't have been, like, it looks like he's waiting in line at the bank when he's <laughs> on the nose. Like, there's no effort. It's just so perfectly effortless. Like, all the, there's, there's so many good nose riders, but like, the way he did it, the combination of just being so stick tall and like uh -huh. perfect posture and then not not putting any effort into yeah. it. Like a lot of other people rode the nose, but like not the way that he did. So that was kind of what I wanted. And for the longest time, that's the only way I used to ride the nose, which is super weird to think about now. But yeah. like I used to only hang 10. I used to only like to hang 10 and I used to only like to do it like just like super standing up way super tall with like straight, straight arms. arms how did you where was the first time you saw that in videos i was but i've always like i mean because i come and i think it's probably because i come from like this i want to say punk and ska but it's a lot more ska background is that i was really into well i was into like i grew up around orange county so uh -huh. i was going to like sh shows during like the third wave era and then got into this band hepcat uh-huh which is just kind of blew my mind. It like blew open the doors of everything I thought I could do on saxophone and uh -huh. like everything I thought like music was about and like ska was about and like so that really got me into like listening to like older bands and that included like you know the Scotta Lights or like Byron Lee or Jimmy like reggae everything like all Trojan of it. records got like the whole like yeah. yeah I was like and then I was like right around the time like those Trojan record box sets that were just the biggest waste of money yeah like came around and I I think I have way too many of those but you know what honestly <laughs> like you could I I think with Trojan records you can never have too much of that material because no, you always find for me it's like I can listen to that stuff like all day long like I play for my daughter all the time well it's crazy because I would never own like a Jeffrey Hines album like I've never owned one but yeah. like yeah you look at my like you know my iTunes list and uh -huh. because I have all these tro Trojan records yeah. I probably have like three or four albums worth of his songs on my like that's how you got thing. exposed to it I mean that's how I remember getting exposed yeah. to it when I was younger so I'd like always and then when I was like younger I, we like you know we watched a lot of my sister and I like watched a lot of Gidget and so I was always into like that mod 60s uh -huh. sort of style like Beach Boys sort of stuff yeah, yeah. which I understand like totally killed surfing but um, that's the part I loved. But the thing is, just like we were saying about like that band that might have been like popular, the Beach Boys too. A lot of people probably might have been their first exposure to surfing, and then they looked back, right? Then they yeah. were like, they're like, okay, this is the now I know that's cheesy, or like now I know that was kind of <laughs> corny, but like I could, that's the thing that opened my eyes. First yeah, time. and it's still brilliant in yeah. it, its in its like its simplicity. Like Brian Wilson is brilliant in his simplicity. I mean, Pet Sounds is like one of the best albums that's ever been made. And yeah, and yeah. Pet Sounds Live is like. Oh yeah, so good. Even better, but uh, yeah, to not to digress too much, but like it's it's that like I just was really into like the '60s and like the mod era. So you had that. Like, so then I went in, when I got into surfing, that's the kind of surfing I got into. That was the aesthetic that just naturally. That was cause just you, yeah. Because you were already into like the art side, if you will. Like, so it had nothing. Yeah, it had nothing to. What's funny is that it had nothing to do with like the surfing or. It was literally just that's the aesthetic that uh -huh. I liked. That's the look that I thought was cool. Okay, and where did you <laughs> where did you start like really like logging, like when you were um, kind of, when this was starting to happen? That would probably it would probably be a combination of like Seal Seal Beach and um, and then like I went to school over in Hawaii, so in Hawaii. So uh, where on the on, on the, South, the Shore? South Shore, yeah, yeah, it's like Queens and stuff like that. A lot of Queens, a lot of. Uh, 
God, a lot of actually a lot of bowls. A lot uh-huh. of in. Be- I served in betweens a lot because uh-huh. nobody would surf it, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I was like, why not? There's nobody there. It's Did you perfect. ever surf tracks on the on the west side? A little bit. I went over there one year. Got off the plane. We went to surf tracks, and everybody said it was like, it got like just got off the surf tracks. Got my board out. It was a brand new board. It and took it out in the water and immediately broke it on the first wave. Oh. <laughs> and that's oh. the so one time like, I've surfed. Ever, you're like, I'm never going back. Like, fuck that place. Like, and no. it was like, right before uh, I was like supposed to be on like the North Shore for like a couple, like two weeks. And oh. like, I had brought... Uh, like a short board, a mid length, and a long board, and that was my mid length, and it just. And that's the one you're gonna surf the most. That was probably the one I was gonna yeah. surf the most. Like yeah. I brought this short board for like, I don't know, just to seem like I shortboarded or something. Like, I oh, was gonna ride the mid length of you, the long board. You're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the sunset when it's like 12, 15 feet. And like, then sit gonna, on the outside. Uh, yeah, and just look. Paddle <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> back in. Tracks is like it's. So we go there. A lot. It's a sick wave though. It's such a sick for wave. For me, it's like it reminds me of almost like a Newport break. Like, it reminds me, it's like, it's a pitchy, fast, quick reef. And there's, like, no one ever there. Like, every time I go... It's super fun. And it's, like, it's usually, like, for me, it's, like, we stay up at sunset. So when it's really windy there, my wife is always, like, we're going to tracks. Yeah. She's, like, I could sit on the beach and watch you surf all day, and there's no wind there, and there's going to be, like, maybe 20 people, and they don't care what you do. And I'm, like, yes. It's, like, one of those breaks that a lot of people don't know about. Um, Yeah, people don't go on that side of the... Which island. is weird. Like, I mean, I guess it's like a grass is greener thing or just being used to like, okay, there's the north and the south shore. I mean, obviously on the east side, you can't like, I don't know what's surfable there. I have no idea. There's got to be The stuff. marine base is pretty surfable. On the east side? Yeah. Ah, that's good to know for next time I go. Yeah. Next time Find we go, a marine. Okay. Find a marine and get to in To get there. in? Yeah. Okay, so we got we to gotta make friends with a marine and make that happen. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so mostly surfing down here and like, the Huntington kind of area. Yeah. So you're, with those breaks, you're kind of, you have to be really quick. Yeah. The wave is, I mean, at best, it's probably like a, I would say maybe a 10 second. It's yeah. so short. I don't know. It's so short. I mean, I used to surf. So I, you learn how to, but you learn how to surf like really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like New York would be the exact, it's, I surfed the Rockaways last summer and the Rockaways remind me exactly of surfing sea. Really? Yeah. It's just this like really fast kind of, kind of like no disrespect, kind of crappy. Oh no! D- d- beach no break. Disrespect. Like, this is <laughs> no disrespect to all of all of New York. I'm not going there. I like getting my pizza, and my bagels, and my Chinese food, but I'm it not going so... to New York to surf. <laughs> New York was so fun. It was. I felt bad because every we were over there and every and we were there for like a surf event and. Oh, and when was this? Last July. It was last in like the Rockaways. It was for the women surfing. Film, surf, surf film festival. Oh yeah, that's right. They had it there. It's really, really great. Uh, I had a great time. Everybody was the best, and all everybody I met was so apologetic for the waves. And I was like, I'm pretty. And I, meanwhile, I was like, I live in California. I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> You're like, it's okay. I can take shit waves every once in a while. It's fine. Um, I didn't come to New York for the waves. Yeah. Little secret, you guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I brought the longboard, so you thought I was maybe serious about it. But, like, <laughs> The longboard traveled for free. Yeah. I came here for the drinks and everything else. <laughs> the vibe, the <laughs> yeah. food. I came here for everything but the surfing, so it was totally fine that like the waves weren't good. But it, but we surfed, and then um, I legit went out one of the days, and my friend Melly had come, and I think Melly surfed for 
probably about 20 minutes because it was awful and you should have only stood for about 20 minutes yeah yeah I and i was i was probably out there for like two and a half hours or something really but it's just because like i'm used to surf like melly's from down south so like the waves are it's a lot spoiled. nicer yeah yeah and yeah, I, grow, I just don't if you, care if you grow up on sano like i'm filthy yeah. like i'll just serve <laughs> i'll serve the worst it's funny because like I'll, I'll just surf the worst wave for like three hours i don't care but see that's almost like it's a good thing it's it's something that happened um for instance, in like uh, early '90s skateboarding, like a lot of people, that's the world I come from. Like we skated in New York, rough ground, tiny uh, wheels, tiny wheels, like just little. Yeah, everything's big. It's cold out. You get chased out of everything. The second we started coming out here to the West Coast, we were like, "Oh, you have smooth ground and tiny hydrants. This is easy." <laughs> so why I say that is like it's almost better to learn like. Like, you could take someone like a Kelly Slater, right? Like, he would learn in Cocoa Beach and, like, crumbly garbage waves. So the second you gave him something like, here's Chiapoo, or, like, here's, like, this beautiful yeah. sloping wave. He it's just like, had to learn how to, like, slow down and, like, be comfortable in a big wave. So was that a big, like, so you're mostly surfing here. When did you start venturing out of those spots? Um. Well, I mean, as you can see, like, we don't live by the beach, and I yeah. had to drive anyways. Mm -hmm. So, like... About 40 minutes north of here is Malibu, and about 40 minutes south of here is like Trestles or Sano, and then about a half, an hour and a half north is like Rincon, and you get an hour and a half south, and it's like Encinitas. So you're kind like of you're, you're kind of like in the perfect spot. So like yeah, we don't have waves, but like it's the perfect spot to like. And you have to get in the car anyways. Like, I don't live by the beach. So. Yeah, so it doesn't make a difference. And I was never going to, and I was never going to live by the beach. Like, I'm not that rich. So yeah. I was going to always I get, a, I was always going to get in a car. So yeah. it's like, it didn't bother me at all. And you, you get podcasts and stuff like that. And it's like, I was going to get in a car anyway. So half hour, if it's going to be 15 minutes or if it's 45 minutes, it's, you're still in your car, right? You're still in your car. And yeah. it kind of, that mindset, like just made, made it really easy for me to um, drive places. So what are you doing? What are you doing more north or more south? For a while, for a while, I worked up in LA as a as a pastry in pastries, and so for the longest time, I would work the night shift and uh, the PM shift, and then I would so I would go to Malibu or something in uh -huh. the morning. I would wake up at about nine, so I'd wait for traffic to end. Wake up around nine, drive up to Malibu, surf Malibu until about three o'clock, and then drive into West Hollywood or Hollywood area, uh -huh. and work, and then get off of work at like one o'clock, and then Oof. maybe go have a few drinks or something and then go back to bed and oh. then like do it over again but i was like a lot younger and a lot more into so that, like yeah, that when, lifestyle <laughs> yeah when you're when you're kind of when you're oh you're in it you're like in it to you're win like it. please you don't know anything else it's like that whole mentality of like when you're young you'll even live like in a shoebox and you think it's normal you're yeah. like you just do whatever you're yeah. like okay this is normal yeah. i expect this um so malibu was your kind of like bread and butter for like a couple years huh for a while yeah, yeah for a while and what long enough that people think i'm from up there yeah because i've seen tons of photos of you from there so i was kind of like that's why like when i was like you're from long beach i was like i didn't actually know that <laughs> <laughs> i was like i had no idea um who did you surf with like i mean obviously everyone's there but who did you like kind of connect with like surf and hang oh, out up with? at Malibu? yeah yeah to be honest, the first person I probably met was probably Carla Rowland uh -huh. up there, which okay. is kind of funny because she has she's a really gruff sort of personality. Like she calls it as she sees it, which I kind of, which works perfectly for me. I yeah. think because that's the kind of personality I sort of am. And uh -huh. 
and so you kind of either clash with that personality or you like get on with it really well and so I got on with it really well that's awesome and so like she was probably the first person that I was really friends with up there okay um any other people that you like kind of was like or was it just like hey you're in the line because I know there's a difference between like I call it like lineup friends and like friends like there's like people it's wild because you yeah because there's so many people like I surfed there for so long like I know so many people yeah but like I mean you just end up knowing so many people yeah but um you get to meet people like I mean what it's funny because it influenced my surfing so heavily and I like never see him now but like I used to get to surf with Josh Farborough uh-huh. a lot, a, way way more than anybody should ever get to surf with him, <laughs> and um, he influenced my surfing so much, like, because he, so? well, he would take off from, like, deep, 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 like, behind Adamson's house, like, yeah. first point on, on a wave, and, like, just run the whole thing, and beat that section that, like, nobody can beat, it's and impossible. he would beat I don't it know how. screaming down the line. Well, he beats. I feel like I shouldn't tell, but like he, he told me one time he was like, "You should learn how to like. You got to learn how to like crouch down on the nose and like put your weight in like this spot of the wave and then like lean into it." And he's like, "And you'll that's he's like you'll pick up that's speed doing out. it." Yeah. Yeah, because the only time I've ever seen anyone like me, I, it was actually like two weeks ago. I saw Sarlo. Like, I mean, well, that's different, but. <laughs> but it's that it's but, like like but like people. pump the hell out of the wave just to get through it and i'm like i never see anyone make that that section it's like impossible yeah and now with the dredging too it's gotten a little like funkier oh, it's so it sucks out so hard on you yeah it's like it's, it's funny it's like <laughs> it's I, my, I love it now it's it, it's kind of garbage now but i kind of love it the most right now because it sucks out so hard yeah. And, like, there's a part of that where it's, like, I surf beach breaks, so, like, I'm used to, like, a wave that just See, so you're going up. into that in a way. Isn't and I'm, like, this you're is like, great. You're it's like, so I know fast. This. It's you're so like, fast. Muscle memory's there. Like, I don't have to even think about this kind of thing. But, like, yeah, and then you watch you watch the way I, I nose ride, especially when I do, like, those cheater, like, those crouchy ones. Yeah. The crouchy ones are strictly, like, from Josh's, like, advice. And they're all done. You, you will rarely see me doing them in a section that isn't me trying to beat a section. Okay. Like, it's usually, you can see that it's usually me trying to, like, outrun and, like, pick up speed. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. I'm, like, trying to think now of, like, videos I've seen of you and stuff like that. You'll see them. There's a, yeah, you'll watch a video now and you'll be like, oh, she's clearly just picking up speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you consider those people kind of like, like, Josh, like, as surf mentors or were they more just kind of, like, casual, like, hey, this is how you should do it? No mentors, for sure, because yeah. I'm sure Josh isn't giving that advice to That's just what I was going to say. I was like, this is a little nugget that, like, yeah. <laughs> you kind of should keep in the vault. <laughs> I should. Don't air any of this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was one of those things. It was just, like, I mean, he, I, I, I probably put in a lot of time, and, like, he kind of was just like, maybe try this. Well, the thing is, is I want to give Josh all of his due because, like, if you want to surf, like, if anybody's interested in anything I'm doing, jeez, just look up Josh. Like, yeah. Because he's doing any of those stretches that I'd, like, those nose ride, like, if I'm nose riding in the pocket, mm-hmm. stretched out, like, crouched down and stretched out, or I'm, like, getting a barrel, nose ride, stretched out, like, uh, it is all because of Josh. That's awesome. Like, I would give nobody else that credit because, like, he definitely told me and taught me how to do that. It's funny. And so, I would have never figured it out, probably. But it, it's interesting, though, to hear that a lot of people have gotten advice from him. Like, he's a very, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of surfers, it's almost like they're very, 
I used to use the word proprietary, but they're like, okay, I figured this trick out. Like, I'm not going to really let anyone know. Like, you get that vibe a lot, but it's nice. Like, I've heard this story over and over again from various people where it's like they do point to him and people like him. Like, another one's like Tyler Hazekian. Like, him, like, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's like he'll totally tell you, like, this is what you're doing wrong and this is how you should do it. And it's like very free. So, my, I'm wondering, you know, how much of the surf knowledge. Is there anything in it being sacred, or is it more? Is there more power power in it being more free flowing? Like, is there more power in sharing it, or is it? I okay. Here's here's how I'm gonna answer this question. I was once told this story by Nancy Silverton, who is uh, the one who like created like she was an artist in bread and like did La Brea Bakery, but it's kind of irrelevant. The story still stands, and she told me the story about how there was a guy, and you guys have you've had like Hawaiian bread, right? Yeah. And um, so there was a guy in Hawaii who was making Hawaiian bread better than like the king's Hawaiian bread, which is the Hawaiian bread mm-hmm. that we all eat. And um, and he was selling more of it, and like everybody on the island was buying that bread because it was sweeter and it was better and like fluffy. Every every part about it, it was better. But he wouldn't share the recipe with anybody. Okay. He, not even his family. And um, one day he died of a heart attack. Oof. And nobody knew the recipe. So that bread is gone. And that bread is gone. And I will tell you that I don't know if this story is true. And, but but, it, but the it's point a good of the story, story it's a good story. <laughs> is that if you know, it I mean you can you can you can glean the truth off of it, is that it'd be cool, like it's cool that you want everybody to like look to you, but like if all your secrets die with you, then what's, what's the all point, your right? secrets die with you. There's no legacy. And you gotta decide, you know, which one is, is yeah, there's no legacy. Which one's more important? You having all the secrets or there being a legacy, I guess. For me, it's like I find it, I, I mean, because you hear it a lot in skateboarding as well. It's like it's a lot of, if you want to use the term pro skaters, like they'll always point to like, oh, someone showed me how to do this. And to your point, like what I'm trying to get at, it's like it lives on, right? It's yeah. more interesting. It's more like because you know it and then you're going to show someone else like, hey, if you want to outrun a section, section, like this is, this is how you do it. And it's like this whole thing where it's passed down. It's almost very like tribal in a way right yeah so like it's like elders being like hey you know come into my tp and like i'm gonna tell you why like how <laughs> we killed the buffalo and then it's like that person's gonna be like hey son this is how you kill the buffalo i think that's more interesting than this whole like guarded thing like we're not gonna tell you how to surf this i spot. mean you can definitely do it that way but i am i am for sure of the mindset that like secrets are for sharing um it's like an ashley family motto right there well, see that's a in, great in the worst way possible is the way <laughs> we use it but like also i think it's so true. there's no spies in your family no one works for the cia <laughs> dude couldn't they couldn't <laughs> it's like it unless worked. everybody wants this everybody wants. you're like here you go we don't need to record everything there you go there's <laughs> every secret this is our chili recipe have fun what yeah. if, if you want to bottle it we have no issue the, with it that's the mentality is that like you know you're, you're better if everybody's succeeding then everybody succeeds and isn't it better if everybody is succeeding rather than just you? Yeah. See, that's so. Then they're that's they're in is the gem, right? And if you, yeah, I I think so. And I think that like I get better if everybody's better. So like having giving giving people the opportunity to get better, and then just and then on top of that, me being better than uh-huh. them is like way more entertaining than like than like any other method. Have you, is there someone who you, like, for instance, like, at your stage mentor or someone that you kind of do that with? Or is it just kind of, do you just, like, if you see someone doing something, you're like, hey, maybe you should try this? I, maybe a combination. I definitely, I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice 
first of all. <laughs> um, <but laughs> yet I give it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> You're like, it's going to come anyway. It's coming anyways. <laughs> but uh, there's definitely people, like, I'll, I'll, like, if I see something, I'm like, hey, they should try it. I did the other day, actually. Um, I was I was watching this kid do work on 360s, and uh-huh. he was just, he was at Santa just working on these 360s, and he would get, he would flip the board around, and then as he got to the last part, he couldn't finish it, but it was because his back foot wasn't, he was, like, just a smidge forward, so his uh-huh. weight wasn't far back enough uh-huh. to, like, finish the rotation. To it, yeah. And so I was just, like, I was just talking to his mom, and I was like, hey, if he tell him to, like, just smidge himself back a little bit more, and, like, it'll pivot easier. So his, so, so his mom had to tell him <laughs> when he got out of the water. I mean, his mom's going to be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's, like, and he's going to remember that five, <laughs> ten years from now, be like, Damn, mom was pretty cool. So smart. So yeah. You, so you did. And you'll the interview him in the. In, in He'll a be while. like, my mom once told me the way to do three sixties. I'll be like, actually, you know who did that? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Uh, so you've done a lot of stuff. Like you've you've worked uh, you've worked with some companies. Who are some of the comp- Like I know you've done stuff with the Dead Kooks guys. Yeah. So how did that relationship start? That I went to that Bali nine foot and single contest and. What year? Who knows? Uh, I don't know, like three or four years ago. Okay. Went to it one. I only got one invite, so. Okay. Also, oh, it was an invitation. It was an invitation. Yeah. I got the invite once. And um, went to it, and my friend Melle was writing for the for the Critical Slide Society. So yeah. she and then and the guy Eden is, was writing for Critical Slide yeah. Society. So she knew him, um, and we like didn't really talk when we were in Bali, which is the weird part. We kind of were just like, hey, hey. <laughs> like, didn't I know talk you, a lot. you know me. Apparently everybody knew everybody. Yeah. And at some point, and at some point he, like, mentioned, he was like, hey, if you ever, like, want a board, like, you know, kind of let me know. And then I kind of needed a board. And I was like, <laughs> You're oh. like, um, hello, check So please. I sent this, like, really <laughs> awkward email and was just like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. Um, you know, you said if you ever need a board, maybe Uh give me a board and uh you can help me out with a board and i was like and here we are and i kind of need a board (laughs) you offered i'm asking that's Um, how this works please don't make me feel like an idiot for sending this email and he um he like responded and it actually it's actually worked out really well for us and because you have that one model that you did with them, right? Yeah, and we get on really, me and Eden and I get on really great. Um, I give terrible descriptions of what I need, and he <laughs> somehow somehow makes boards that actually work really well. So what's the one, what is it called? Mine's called the two-step, the yeah. model that, I, that I'm that i writing right now with him. So is it more, board. is it more nose ridery, more piggy, more, like, how would you describe it? Like It's a double step deck. Uh-huh. It's designed to be, it's a fast board. It's uh-huh. a fast long board. I wouldn't call it a nose rider in the sense that it's not like a traditional California nose rider because uh-huh. the nose, I want to say, is maybe around 16 or 17 inches. Oh, okay. But it nose rides just fine. Okay. All, all, you know, that said, like... I, I nose ride just fine on it. Like and what I, size do you usually ride? Right now, I'm riding a 9.3 version of it. Okay. And you're about how tall? I'm, oh, that's a great question. I'm 5'1", <laughs> and I'm about 112 right now. Okay. And so, I'm a bit I'm a bit smaller, but, like, I've ridden bigger versions of the board. I've tried out, like, a few different versions of the board, and just, I just kind of, somebody, I, I'll, actually, I'll just say, Alex Nose once told me I should just, I should try riding smaller boards, so... So that's his advice, huh? Yeah, Alex that. Alex. It's interesting because a lot of people are like that. That you, the board, the long, the log should be like three feet eight inches taller than you. 
so long. I'm a short person. Yeah. So and that, I can ride a 10-foot board. Like, I, I mean, I, I can ride a 10-foot board from, like, 1960. Like, I have no issues riding that. And Al knows that. And he was just, like, he, I was riding some board. It, the board I was riding probably wasn't relevant, but he was just, like, you should, you should ride smaller boards. Huh. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, you should ride like a 9.1 or 9.3. He's like, you don't need to ride a long board. Yeah, because he does typically ride like smaller boards. And he rides and, smaller boards, yeah. Yeah, so, which is kind of interesting. So it was great. It was actually pretty pretty good advice because I think it's pretty spot on. Like, Does it just, it's faster? It's fat. You know what it is, is that it fits in a pocket just a little bit better. Okay. Especially when we're at beach breaks, which is like. Yeah, which is pitching and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. that turn, that extra like missing like two inches actually really can help you out when you're like flicking a board. So I'll just like. So it won't get stuck. It just doesn't get stuck as much. Yeah, anymore. I've been having that with like so I ride a nine, I, I, two logs, but like when I beach break, I ride like a nine six. It's kind of like a pig shape. Uh, uh, Michelle Chanonowski. So oh like, yeah. So it's a kind of piggy. It's like kind of like an all round board. Which one know. is it? The Nowski. It's oh like, yeah 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 okay. So it's like nine six and like I still feel like it's a little. Little, little, like it gets stuck sometimes. Like, yeah. Like I'm like, oh god, it's it's flipping up on the nose. Like this sucks. I mean, even today, like I surfed Doheny for a little bit, but it was that Doheny where it's like big and closing. Oh yeah. So it's like big, but it's like the second you like pivot, there's no face. You're just like looking at white, and you're like, this is great. And that was even getting a little like like stuck into it. So that's interesting advice. Go a little bit smaller. Because I was looking at the, I guess Icons of Surf has a couple of the one. The two steps? Yeah, they have a couple there. I've been looking at them. Oh, you should just have Eden shape it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully, we've been talking. He's uh, here. He's somewhere. Yeah, around, he said we're going to try to do an interview and stuff. Around and California right yeah, now. Yeah, which I was like, I was like, oh, next time you're in the States, he's like, I'm in LA now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so do you want to have lunch? Let's just yeah. kind of figure this kind of thing out. Um, yeah, I w it's hard to describe. My my board is a double step deck, but it's like, it's a, a bit of a hybrid. Because uh -huh. um, I don't, as I don't feel like you need as much nose to get a good nose ride. Mm -hmm. I think that you can use a lot of the wave. I think I think when you personally, so it has nothing to do with anybody else, yeah. but I think that for me, I feel that you can use the wave to help you nose ride, uh -huh. and you don't need a giant nose or a giant board to do that for you. Hmm. Okay. And I think that no, when you no, that's, I, I, get rid of the weight of the board and a lot of the weight that you would have from like having like a massive like you know wide popsicle stick board mm -hmm. and a lot of that nose, you can do a lot more dynamic turns, which actually allows you to nose right a lot better. Because you can get in the pocket a lot easier. You can get you a have... lot of the pocket. You can get in the pocket a lot easier, and you can get out of the pocket, which is the most important part. So that people. So you don't just get lost in the pocket and then bog out. You yeah, know? yeah, which which no one likes doing, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Blah, 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 blah. Um, to take it away from surfing. So music, that's a big thing of your, you know? That's, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody always comments on it. So yeah. So it's like, um, so how did you get into playing sax? Like, how did that happen? Um, I, to be honest, I, you know, my parents had me, had all of us. All of us would play an instrument. When we got into, like, second or third grade, third grade, um, we had to pick an instrument because uh -huh. that's when the school allowed you to play an instrument so then my parents were like you're gonna play an instrument expand your horizons or whatever and I wanted to play clarinet to be totally honest and 
and I That's like very random to so, like, like so nerdy. I wanted to play clarinet. I thought it was real cool. I don't know what I thought I was gonna do, become Betty Goodman or something. But like There there's not a big career for a clarinet <laughs> no, player. No con maybe I'd switch to oboe and become a millionaire. But um But we got my fingers I was told that my fingers were too small to cover the holes ah. so I couldn't play clarinet so because like I could time. not and my fingers are very small now but like I couldn't cover the holes air would escape when I would like put my fingers on the so holes that's so I couldn't so the end of my clarinet playing career was very, it was just like clarinet superstardom just escaped you huh yeah. <laughs> so then I played saxophone because my grandpa played it so oh, like oh that's cool uh, so that's how, that was it so I kind of wanted I had wanted to learn clarinet and couldn't do it so I played saxophone instead oh awesome so you played in school, and then how did the ska thing come in? That's such a good question. All these are good. I, you know, you just think that like at some point in your life, you're like, I don't know, everything was just there. Just like kismet, like it was just kind of lined up. Like I kind of, it's like the same with surfing. It's just like at some point it wasn't there, and then it was there, and it just seems like it was always meant to be there. Like you woke up in the morning, you're like, oh, this is. Yeah. That's the world I exist in. Yes. And it's fine. And it's fine, and I enjoy this. And it all, like, it comes together, and you're like, this makes sense. Now, were you, like, were you playing with, like, neighborhood kids? Were, like... So, okay, so I was, I mean, I grew up here in Long Beach, which is very close to Orange County, mm -hmm. and, like, the third wave ska was very huge at the time. Tons of punk was huge. Uh -huh. um, so there was tons, like, so many shows you could go to. You could, like, go anywhere. Like, I went to... A show at the, like the JCC where like like no doubt played in Rupier Social. So like <laughs> <laughs> there was tons of shows to be had, and I think my parents like appreciated that we were going to like ska shows instead of and and so they would pay for us to go to like way too many ska shows and drive us to these shows. Oh, that's kind of awesome. And but I think they like kind of probably had an idea that like if we were going to these shows that were supposed to be like good clean fun, we were probably not getting into like drinking and doing drugs yeah. and like getting you're like the kids are, the kids are in a safe playpen like how I know, hard like, i know where how they tough are is ska? it's not <laughs> there's what are they gonna do blow out an elbow like skanking like, yeah they're oh fine. god this is fine they're, they're gonna be fine <laughs> but like yeah it was um so so we just went to ska shows and then um and then at some point who knows how like some point somebody asked me to be in a band and then i was in a band so it's like people use like like meta shows and stuff like that. I mean, that's kind of the classic thing. I mean, you look at any like big band like like More, no, you know what? It, okay, you know what it was? It yeah. was that I was in uh, marching band, ah. and one of the people that I was in marching band with was in a band, and he was like, "We need a sax player. You like music? You play sax? You should be in this band." And I was like, "Okay." You're like, and so then it. we would go to like La Salle and play in this band and band can practice consist and we'd I go to band practice so often more than I probably went to actual marching band practice <laughs> and um, mar band practice consisted of us playing um, our songs our ska songs and then us playing our ska cover songs because you can't really be a ska band if you're not covering songs yeah that's true and then playing a lot of bond like 007 uh, of course I just i crush at the game <laughs> it was a lot of <laughs> i actually probably got the best at that than i got at anything else you're like that's my that's 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 my niche yeah um do you know any of those like like bands like Mephiscopheles and those oh, yeah for so, sure so that's like what I I used to go to in New York like that was that was our shit like, true huh you're all East Coast ska so you like were listening to, like 
My friend used to be an Agent 99. Like, I know all those guys. Slackers. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oi, Scott Fest. I just saw, I just saw the Slackers again. They played with, um, Hepcat. Oh, really? the observatory. It was so sick. We were, my ex- I had the biggest crush on, um, what's his face from the Slackers when I was younger. Which guy? The singer. What's his name? Vic? I can't think of it right oh, now. Oh, I can't remember. My, my ex-girlfriend and I, when we were 18 years old, we were together and when we decided we were going to get married or whatever stupid stuff you think about when you're 18 years old <laughs> we actually contacted the scofflaws to play our wedding that would have been <laughs> we were like we were like okay they're going to be our wedding band this is what we're going to do that's how you, that should have been how you knew you should not have gotten married yeah, I was like, like, we're not eh. making life choices no there. this is dumb this is just really <laughs> dumb you know the jello pops the fluff fluff and nutters we've been eating all day <laughs> and then the scoff band for the wedding this is just really dumb uh it was really a trip for me always when I used to come out here because I'd come out here periodically for skating and to see that how a lot of that ska scene was like different but there were some consistencies between it which was which was kind of cool um yeah it's it's true it was just like every other scene is like the hardcore scene or like the punk scene mm -hmm. like you can really tell everybody's doing everything at the exact same time but you can really tell how your city influences the way you're playing yeah which is super interesting i think you can listen to bands and kind of if you know enough about like ska music or punk or whatever music genre of music you rap for sure yeah. oh, you can yeah. tell where people are getting their or surfing you can tell where people are getting their influences from and you can tell probably where they grew up which is i i think so oh, that's brilliant yeah it's true and uh, you do have a point in music it's definitely like they're channeling that environment right yeah and they're taking that environment and they're turning into the art or like in the case of surfing like you know like these guys like they surf very much like a malibu style these guys surf very much like a like a south san diego style like yeah. like it definitely like it's it's a thing that that gets in them and it'd be very weird to do it the other way like it'd be weird if you had somebody on like the west coast or on the east coast i should say doing like a California style hip hop like Snoop Dogg or something. Well, first of like, all, you'd be like, that seems really <laughs> like it'd be hard, like because you're like, how, where did you get to this? How did you get to this? Uh, they would actually probably get laughed out of New York and uh, heckled a lot. So because you'd be like, because because uh, it'd it be so worked. out of place, you'd be like, I don't understand how you've gotten to here. <laughs> yeah, no, growing G up here. Yeah, no G funk would work there. But at the same token, on this side of the, the coin, we're like, why would you not have G funk? Yeah, play? yeah, like you like you wouldn't have any project hip hop like as we used to call it. Like you wouldn't have like like Queensbridge, like Nas stuff. Like that stuff does not happen here. No, like, but like the way, but like when I listen to like you listen to like all of our like West Coast hip hop it all makes sense to me. Like, it makes perfect no, sense. No, and I agree with that. Which is super trippy, because, like, it wouldn't... It doesn't necessarily make sense to somebody from the East Coast, but, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I was like, this music sounds like Sunday afternoon barbecues. So you have you have an emotional and kind of a memory connection to it as well. Well, you can see... Yeah, you can kind of see exactly where everything makes... It just in your head when you listen to the music, even though, like, the like gang banging doesn't click like yeah. the yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think in quotations I should say in quotation marks um, <laughs> the the sound and the style of it clicks uh. you're like this all like fits mm -hmm. like you you driving down the street listening to that like makes sense that's true though I think it's 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 the rhythm that's like of of, a, of an environment right yeah like I remember I um, I interviewed Method Man a long time ago like twenty something years ago. 
and I was asking him like does he think that you know subway sounds and the sounds of buses and stuff do does he think that like contribute to like the beats that, that exist in New York City hip-hop and he was like holy shit it totally does yeah. like, like that's what it is and so like what you're saying is like for instance like New York City is not a car culture right it's a public transportation culture and stuff but here it's like you're driving around it's sunny out you're going to you're barber. cruising you're usually cruising yeah and it's like that chilling you're driving Chilling hard if you're on the 405. Yeah, because <laughs> there's nothing else some, to do. Some hard chilling on the 405. <laughs> but that tempo is dictated by the environment. Yeah. So in the same way, like a lot of ways, like surfing is another good example. Like your tempo of surfing, like for instance, when you started surfing, you're surfing these faster beach breaks. That's going to dictate the tempo of surfing. Like we you couldn't enforce, you couldn't force it. Like you couldn't go out there and be like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to like cruise like Malibu style. It's like, well, you can't. It's it's. Yeah, it's not in my personality at all. Yeah. Even though I've surfed Malibu a ton, yeah. like it's my personality and my demeanor do, do not fit surfing that way. Yeah. What have you been up to lately, like in terms of surfing? Like, is there competitive stuff? Is there festivals? Like, what have you been doing lately? Oh God, what a good question. I've been um, <laughs> chilling. I've been chilling really hard. Uh-huh. Uh, I I feel like I've become like more of a per- I said I was gonna be just be a contest personality, uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like I've been doing a good job of that. Where um, I haven't been doing a ton of contests, and I've been I don't know I've just been kind of enjoying myself. I've been going to a lot of friends like watching friends compete, which is uh-huh. really so I'll go to I've been going to a lot of contests. I haven't been competing, but I've been like watching friends, and like that includes like going to like skate contests and surfing contests. Oh, cool! So, what skate contests have you gone to? Recently, God. I know the the Huntington Beach one's coming up. Huntington Beach one's coming up. X Games is right now, but it's in Minneapolis, and there was probably no way I was gonna go to that. Yeah. Hopefully, actually, I, yeah. So I I don't. There's like we're gonna do the Huntington Beach one, and then depending on what like happens like go to other ones but hanging out with like the skate people is really fun for me so right who now. do you hang out with it like because there's a lot of them out here in long beach there's so many like they've all kind of migrated from what i've heard like 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 they're like yeah. i can't afford to live in la i'm buying a house down there yeah and there's so many skate parks and everything it's it's really fun like i get to hang out well everybody's been pretty busy but like i hang out with nora vasconsuelos uh-huh saying her last name uh-huh. uh, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa Torres um, Lacey Baker I guess Savannah I just saw Savannah 4th of July uh-huh. just a lot of those girls Amy Karen and then like Lacey's actually like isn't she up for like athlete of the year she didn't win you? it oh they had cut it that, cut that out they oh sorry uh, <laughs> my friend my some snowboarder won oh really yeah. oh that's why my friend uh, did like a documentary She's great. Yeah. She is. And he's now doing a documentary on Nora for... Uh, oh, sick. For Adidas. Uh, Giovanni Bretta. Oh, sick, sick, sick. So he's like, he's like doing that. That's it. That's why Nora Nora's is. ridiculous. He's going to love that. Yeah. I, she, she will do a couple things. He, she will blow his mind and she will drive him absolutely nuts. She, he's been going back to, to Massachusetts and stuff. To, like, yeah, she's film. been over there. I think she's supposed to be back here like in a few days. Yeah, he's he's there this week now. Like he was like he's like oh, I'm going to. You should ask him that. Is she driving you nuts? <laughs> does, she, does she sing a lot? She uh, sings and dances a lot. To drive my friend Retta nuts would be very impossible because <laughs> he is infinitely known for driving everybody else nuts. <laughs> Man, so I don't I, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people would be able to to, to drive him nuts. <laughs> I actually wonder who could drive. That's, that's a good. Question. It'll be her if anybody. Uh, I love her, but 
No, I think Possibly. I think it's great what's happened in like women's skateboarding. Uh, in, in general, actually, what's happened in skateboarding in the last five to ten years turns me on a lot. Like for a big period, it was very like in a box. Like it was very much like this is the look, these are the tricks, this is what everything is, and now it's like do whatever you want. Yeah. And you see that in surfing too. Like surfing for like a while was like here's the boxes, and you either fit in these boxes. Like it's great to see people like, like for me, it's like the Harrison Roaches and the Tyler Warrens who are like, I surf anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm not this, I'm not that. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't have to like, you know, I don't have to be like a WSL surfer. I don't have to be this. And I think it's nice to see that in skateboarding too. Like, and big companies getting behind it. Like for instance, like, you know, Adidas sponsors Nora. Like, it's great to see like a D, like these big companies who are like, yeah, this is the future of like this movement. I hate using the word sports. Sports a shitty word to use, but like this movement, like or lifestyle, you know, where it's like it's like we have to support this bigger gambit that's out there. Yeah. Um, for a long time, you know, the only way that you can make money in any of these things um, was like, okay, you have to fit the, these these kind of these boxes. Yeah, and it's 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 really hard. I mean, on the like athlete side, in quotations, you can't hear that on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, because. <laughs> Because if your your options either are, especially if you don't naturally fit it, is yeah. to either conform to that, or to acknowledge that you're not going to conform, and as a result, you will not be making a living at whatever sport you're doing. And I think that that's like an option that a lot of people have had to face, and and that and that's kind of it. Like you either get to con, and it's slowly working its way where like people are actually going to be able to not conform and make a living which is which is brilliant because it's what like a lot of men have been able to do since like day one do you think it's something i mean it's something i notice in surfing that has been a little bit more difficult as an example like when a person like dane reynolds and craig anderson start a surf company like a clothing company and that people shit on them because they're like oh it's an independent thing versus like i grew up in the skateboarding world like even back in the 90s that's like, what you do yeah, that's how you do. That's how you. That's make how you them. make your. That's how you make the yeah. money. Yeah, you're like you're like, and everyone applauds it. Everyone's supportive of it. Do you see that, that differential in surfing, or do you see that possibly some people breaking that mold? You know. Ooh, that's such a good question. I don't see a lot of people like doing using that like skateboarding paradigm where like they learn a lot and then take it off on and do their own thing. Like Kelly Slater tries. It's weird because Kelly Slater tries to do it, and I feel like it doesn't succeed. Which is kind of, like, asinine because, like, if he can't do it, then, like, who can do it? No, and that's a good point. But meanwhile, you get, like, I mean, Ed Templeton does toy machine. Like, every, I don't even want to go into it because it's, like, every skateboarder, every, no, I should say every cool skateboard company has a cool skateboarder behind it. Yeah. Every company. Yeah, I mean, look, like, when, when. Baker. Yeah fucking awesome started when when Dylan, awesome. when Dylan and Ave were like we're leaving workshop they could have put out anything I mean they put out something good granted but like them it was like boom it's like everyone comes out with something it's like boom but it's like it seems like in surfing it's such a struggle which is weird for me because it, it seems like well first it seems like the natural progression well it's also like in terms of like let's say the shaper side of it the people who are shaping the best boards and the, the people who surf the boards who or were pro whatever you want to call it surfers yeah. like those are the guys who are like they're trying to make better equipment for themselves and in turn they wind up making advances in the, the whole realm you know you look at like Donald Takayama is like the big example like him he's making he was making boards for himself like that's why he was able to change it 
but now it's like it seems like in surfing it's like on the larger more mainstream scale it's like no it has to be a fire wire board it has to be like it's something that comes out of like channel islands or one of these big manufacturers and you're like no it's actually like that small like dead kooks it's like eden is actually moving the thing and people don't even realize it for me it's a thing that's like i can't still wrap my head around like what's the block like what's that block that's like because in skateboarding it's you know what i mean it's like i know you're talking i have no idea what like it is. no one's like figured it out because i would rather support a company that's like ran by surfers and i and i feel like there's more of a like direct correlation between where my my money being spent and going into their pocket yeah whereas like rather than a company where I feel like it's just I mean yeah the people who work for the company surf but like I don't feel like the money is going to them necessarily because no. um, I, I have no idea I have no idea and but, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like um, to be totally honest and totally blunt I think that you can sell surfing without having actual surfers and I think that that has a big has a has a lot to do with it do you think that's new that's like a new no, no you think that's always been there I, well, I mean, I, I mean, to be totally honest, especially if, if you just block it off and take like women surfing, yeah. um, you don't need, there's always been this part where like you, like in skateboarding, usually you, um, your favorite skater rides for whatever company. Yeah. And so you buy whatever, you don't, maybe not, don't buy their deck, but you buy whatever. You buy their company's board. You buy their company's yeah, yeah, board. Or you buy their company, like you buy your favorite skaters, like trucks. Cause you're like, I got to pick a pair of trucks for this board. Might as well. Might as well pick. Yeah. And, and you do that, but that correlation doesn't necessarily exist in surfing. Like, huh. people don't look at a bathing suit and go like, oh, this, like, surfer wears it, that's why, like, especially it, as harsh it is, as it is to say when you're selling, like, women's surfwear. Yeah. Like, women don't need that, like, kind of validation to buy um, certain companies, which is a shame because, in, as a result, companies don't need women surfers, too. Ah, so it's kind of like it, yeah. So it's it's not it's 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 not helping each other. Anymore. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a problem. Uh, and that that's, I want to kind of end on the the women surfing thing. What kind of? Obviously, you know, you have these big companies like the O'Neills and stuff, and I don't give a shit. I'll call them out there because they're never gonna give me any money, so I don't care. Um, but you're gonna like, lose that sponsor money. Yeah, and the rip curls and stuff, which is like, it's like. What if you, I was like, I can't. Trash talk it because I'm still holding out. Yeah, so I'm not asking you to hold. I'm not asking. I'll do the trash talk. You know, their image of surfing that they portray out there is this like very kind of like, it's a, I call it a sexified look. Like it's a sexified look. But then you have like the companies like the Sia's of the world that it's like very much of like the joy of surfing thing. Do you think there's progress happening or do you think it's like kind of like where, where do you think in terms of the image? selling and surfing is it in a good place can it be better it can always be better okay i don't think it's in the it's in a better place than it has been okay um it could definitely be better i think that a lot of the times um god it's there's so much to unpack there no i know this is this (laughs) is no and it's it's something it's a big thing with with the bodega border crew like it's a big thing that's close at heart it's like kind of like like I forgot who said it. Um, I think it was Leah Dawson said it. Like, it can't be comfortable to surf in a thong. 
like and I'm like yeah no shit but it's like you go to like the North Shore and it's like every girl on a shortboard is like in a thong and I'm like what is going on but I here? think I mean it's it's weird because like I think that like if you are that's what you want to wear like it sucks because you end up getting pitted against like for me I end up I feel like I end up getting pitted against people um because it's like I am the antithesis of that in a uh. way where it's like I wear wet but also it's because partially because it's cold but like maybe <laughs> also because I'm modest but yeah. like there's if you want to wear that you can wear that and so I definitely want to like say that like if that is who you are mm-hmm. and there are people who are like that and they they love doing that and that's who they are and I think you should absolutely do that but I, I um and there's nothing wrong with that so I, I like I, I just kind of want to set that aside but I think that like there's also this part where a lot of it is us it's hard to describe. I feel like we tend to shoot ourselves in the foot. As 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 female surfers or the surf industry or just the surf world? All of it. All of it, the whole thing. All of it. Yeah. I'm gonna go with all of it. I was talking about the other day, I can't and with my husband and we were talking about how like rather than like seeing like people can see where trends are going. Like that's not a new thing. No, no. And people can create trends and and that is what the fashion industry has done. That is what all these industries do. They see where the world is going to go in the future. It's not a giant mystery. And as a result, they make products to like push us towards the future they want or the future they're doing. And instead of doing that, the surf industry tries to maintain the status quo. Uh, so it's so almost the- like it's a, it's almost like the same thing. Like you take something like the WSL, which is there at the end of the day, they're looking for eyeballs, right? They want to go the status quo. Yeah. They want to try to get as many people to watch it because they could drive their sponsorship dollars up there versus being like, no, we're going to air this particular event and it doesn't matter if it takes three weeks for it to happen. Yeah. And, and you could see, like, and you're like, but this is what the, and you can see what the people want. And it's like the people want to see this event. And rather than doing that event, you do the same thing you've been doing, which hasn't been working. And then you're surprised that it's like not a big seller. But isn't that the definition of insanity? Doing the yeah. same thing over and over and again and expecting a different result? There's a reason a lot of those surf industries have gone, uh, those surf companies have gone bankrupt in the past few years. And, and to be honest, <laughs> like I'm a big not... supporter of those big companies to go bankrupt. I'm all for it coming from the skating thing. Like, it's the same thing in skating. You know, I like, I started skating in like the, the late 80s and it's like seeing a company like a Pal Peralta which was cool then become not cool and then seeing a company like World Industries being the new cool and then they're not cool anymore and then see a girl a company like Girl Chocolate not being cool it's just a cycle yeah. and it's I think these industries should understand that like at one point Quicksilver was very cool it was a cottage industry now it's like not cool you know but I think you should put but I, I think I think part of it's because like I think the company should push for what what the future is and the future in many ways like i mean counts and drives and if you're looking at all that like weird computer stuff on the internet like the, that's nacho the dog he's wild he doesn't have a leash on so be careful Uh-oh. um the future is pointing towards people enjoying people click on female longboarding like mm-hmm. that's what they want to see because it's attainable and it's they like the uh, who knows why they would Want it. But that is what people are clicking on, especially when they're liking things on Instagram and like looking at articles on like, you know, that I mean, and and the numbers support that. And rather than pushing that, people still try and push like this other stuff. But here's the thing: is that is that a bad thing in a sense of like you're gonna you're starting to see a lot of these people like the Instagram influencers who like are 
perpetuating a female long border or ride everything movement but they don't even like surf like you'd never like you know like like it's that classic like shot from behind i have my log with me under my yeah, arm yeah but there's also like the is the, that a bad thing or is that a good thing there's also the female longboarders who like i feel like should be getting it's like the female skaters i feel like they should get paid the way that guys get paid and they definitely don't and do you think but do you think those those like those other people who aren't deserving of the pay will help these people who deserve getting paid because they're giving more exposure to the whole picture? It's, I think it's definitely, I mean, there's always going to be people who are like, you know, just fake. Fake. Yeah, that's everything. And right? it's kind of like that, what is that, what's that phrase that they always say? It's the, like, throwing the baby out with the bath water. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of that, like, would you, are you going to throw everything away? Because, like, some people are like, you know, Because the bath water's yeah. You can't, right? I, I personally, I, I think, no. And I think also if you like, I, I think if you build up that industry and build up what that, what female longboarding is or uh-huh. like this, this whole thing, like it'll make it harder for like imposters to uh, oh. infiltrate it. Because there'll be like a better knowledge base out there. Like you'll know, you'll know. Because right now you don't, I mean, to be totally blunt, you don't need to be able to surf that well to let you, if you stand on a longboard and wear a bikini, you can get photos. Like you could probably get paid pretty all right. Like someone, some company will come in and be like, okay, here's the money. But at some point, if we like make it so you have to actually like skateboarding, like you have to actually be able to do a trick to like get the shot and shit like that. Like then you'll actually have to be able to do a trick to get the shot. You'll actually, people, if you, if the people demand you to be able to like learn, do tricks and like, yeah, you standing on a wave is maybe not good enough. Like maybe we want you to like, you know, do some tricks and surf and stuff like then then they're going to have to produce that at some point. And you being able to look pretty in a bikini on a wave isn't going to be enough at some point. But, like, you know, it has to, like... It's going to take a little while to get there. It takes a little while. People have to, like, you know, see through this, like, smoke and mirrors and, like, demand that we want more. Like, be a little educated. Well, to your point, see a little bit more, right? Like, if they see just a photo, photo to photo, they're not going to know. But if they start seeing more video clips, they're like, oh, this person actually can, like, nose ride, make this section... I'm more impressed with that. And some little girl could look up to yeah. that and kind of be like, wow, I want to be like her versus being like, like I said, that shot from the back, the sun's coming down, I'm holding my log and I'm going out to the water. You don't even yeah. know how that person serves. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't, and, and I know that they don't necessarily get like surfers and you don't need to because that's what people are buying. But if you demand more, then people have to like produce better. So consumers at the end of the day have to do that. I think it has to start on the consumer end in a way. Yeah. yeah. Like they're then people. We have to stop buying the bullshit. Yeah, stop buying the bullshit. <laughs> um, with that, I think we're going to end it. Stop buying the bullshit. Is that, is that how we're going to end it? <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anyone you want to thank, shout out to? Oh, God. I'll thank Devin Howard. Devin Howard gives me, like, endless. He doesn't know it, but he gives me tons of support and so much wisdom. And he's such a brilliant man. And if you've never seen this surfing, you definitely have to see it. I'm actually getting tired. There is nothing better than watching Devin Howard surf, and I feel so privileged and honored that he allows himself to put up with my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my next mid length is actually the, the, the one that Tyler makes for him. Oh, it'll be. I'm it'll getting a 7 4. Yeah, Tyler. It'll be so good. Like, that was going back to the Shaper thing, like, I talked to a bunch of people, and some people gave me, like, a form message, and Tyler was like, come into the shop, let's hang out. And I'm like, you're making my board. You are getting my yeah. money. But, that, yeah, he's getting that one. I uh, would thank him for sure. I want to thank, I obviously want to thank Cass, like Cassia Metter, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I probably still haven't learned how to say her name properly. But 
Um, she was one of those people who like was nice enough to be friends with me at the beginning, uh-huh. and she like took me on a couple like a trip, and and um, if it weren't for her, like probably nobody would give a shit about me. <laughs> so definitely want to thank her. Uh-huh. There's so many like in the surf industry, there's so many people you can thank. Like there's so many people who have contributed to the way that I surf and like the style that I surf and like me being at whatever form of like success I am at in surfing. Like I owe so many people like so much thanks. And that, and you're 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 all about giving it back. They, sh- I mean, Cass doesn't need any more hype. She's a great human. No, but I, I just yeah. saw you give a twenty twenty dollar bill that you found on the street. You gave it to some kids. <laughs> so I'm just saying they were all buying flaming hots. I was gonna buy. <laughs> you had to do it. But I was gonna buy flaming hots with that twenty dollars. So it was like easy. It was an easy way to give it back. Um, can we can we say that giving giving it back is a good way to end it? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's we'll give it back and that's it. Thanks for sitting down with us. Appreciate it. And uh, that's it. My pleasure. Thanks to Erin for sitting down with us and spending a little time. I had a great time hanging out with her. We, uh, you know, we went to a grocery store in her neighborhood. She told me a couple of stories about growing up there, which were pretty awesome. And uh, it reminded me a lot of how I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, so a lot of stuff I could relate to. Uh, anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, right now, we're just going to cut into a couple of tracks, and then I'll check back in with you guys. Uh, again, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Get in touch with us for sticker packs. I know I'm a little behind on it. Um, we have some new stuff coming in. Also, check out what we have on our Spreadshirt site. Uh, t-shirts, bags, silly stuff, hats. Anyway, so I'll get right back into the tracks and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace. Yo, or rainy days 
I sit back and count ways on how to get rich, son. So improve, ask my bitch to the late nights. Build with my A and lights. We can pull a heist, snatch ice, or rock mics. But this rap shit got me wanna clap back. The last hour goes the only pesos made from scratch. But in due time, soon to get my light bumpsy. Heavy on the wrist, polo mock socks and rugby's. Old flicks remind me of Gucci's. Back in Union Square when Little Max Mill blast Pierre yeah, that was Bill Bill. Fast forward, 94, who got the bad bass? Filthy as fingers scream for more, bless me out of state. Howdy, Jake Starks is back. Niggas want work, now I'm brought back off a G-Pack. Coke rocks, flood the co-ops, living gossip. Them big lip niggas singing, the cops need the boxing. Stop it, the project's over flooded with slow leaks. The fiends get, new faces get wrapped in sheets. I gotta get mine, like my old earth, bless the cheese line. Sipping on fine wines, the power of the blacks you find. Niggas to break, son. Styles are similar to criminals locked up with gats. Ghetto tabernacles is fucked up. I live once, though. The mind stays infinite. Traveling to touch nine planets in my midst while I carry to earn a decent salary. Soon get married, raise a family. But the plan will be real great to sit up in the law, count stacks and max. And real cats go watch my back. But listen to the woo, son, and maintain this all real. Solving individuals kill. I buck what's only right, leave the poison alone. Projects infested with rats, cats, and crack homes. Half of us will try to make it, the other half will try to take it. So many fake, half real freedom bill. Born to science, my alliance and a lot wild surprises. Keeping my eyes wide to this, the unfortunate. Laying in mountains, counting with jewelry on. Can it be the next team house to horn? Shield done just for real ones, like the liar. I hate to have to tie the next guy up. Pay attention to Tim Tim wins. Who blinks? Now I'm staring you the truth. Buckle up. Now who's a legend?
Okay, you wanna act trite and flip the script with your wonder drama drama slash comma riff that you're kicking like Pele flows, even bonos, my versatility capability is simply bougie. Why to the O U N G? Another G to the U N S. Less backup shorty from the naughty like sorty Barry Gordy with a forty getting paid so naughty. Claim you shoot more rounds than a newsie. Stop the violence, 'cause it can't do me. New York to L A, say what I play, so catch a runaway smooth like a Billy Holiday. You couldn't bag me, boy, with a hefty. Train like Rocky, but still can't step to me. So take a hit, money, leave it alone, and play like Stephanie Mills and find a home. Plus I never boogaloo with Yaku. We mix with the tricks in the alphabet stew. When I design the army, I can reign, but never have more beef than Saddam Hussein. The nightcap, so prepare for a cat scan when I turn your brain into Mugu Gapan. Finger licking the papes like there is no other. Mecca and the Soul Brother. 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 Schizophrenic on a panic, I do work when you lurk with a professional ceremonial expert. The full swing of an Asiatic acrobatic lover won't sing the blues when I tap it. Save the mystery for Agatha Christie. Give me a break, better wait, Chief Kaniski. I'm not your ordinary modern day cliche, 'cause I'm here to save your little lost souls anyway. Go with the flow of the flutes when it executes. Any cop living got buried in black suits. The limelight never let it confuse you. It's a fantasy island without a tattoo. The hardcore few tend to look for. The truth can't buy enough game in a store. Making movies like your name is fake. Done away to hear the rumor echo in the projects hallway. You wanna fast break me? No static. But Mr. Whipple can't dribble like magic. I yoke 'em up in domination. Nerds got scrambled. The Tony Randall left in shambles. Finger licking the pigs like there is no other. Mecca and the Soul Brother. 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 Let me see. Keep walking like salad dressing when I toss another lesson. Ready or not, prime time after seven. I pull women like a wisdom tooth without any conversation with Doctor Root. Making island girls whine with the glamity. With dubs cry Apollonia and vanity. Picture the Mary Jane frame on the mantle. Consider me a vandal the virgin can't handle. And never clown downtown with Passe Jack. Popping that gang, ripping homie, don't play that. So don't cast a kid to make a movie while I'm smacking a booty who just loves to rock a doobie. Even though I make petty cash like a beggar with no stash, I make an air betting in a sweater. So the nightcap, I'm rapping, no slacking back and hand clapping, feet tapping, chief and captain. Can finger lick the pigs like there is no other. Mecca and the Soul Brother. 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 
Mecca and the Soul Brother. Mecca and the Soul Brother. No one gave us No one he could rap, no one lit the hand. So he went about his business and devised a plan. Made a CD, then he hit the block. 50,000 sold, $7 a pop. Oh, the foe, uh, three years later. Stepped out the swamp with 10 and a half haters. Now all around the world on the microphone. He leave the booth smelling like Burberry Cologne. Still riding chrome. Got bitches in the kitchen, never home alone. And he's on the grind. Please 
let me know if he's on your mind. And respect you, give me notice, Chris. I live loud like Timmy. Uh, had to clear these rumors. I got a headache and it's not a tumor. Get up on my lap, keep my head tucked tight. Spray so I never let the bed bugs bite. I'm hard to the core, core to the right. You jump down, turn around, pick up helicopter. Michael Jackson. No. You know what we should do? We should go get her album when it come out. Yeah. She gonna go to sh- Hi, Hi, Missy. Hi, Missy. What's up, fools? You think I ain't know y'all broke Millie Vanilli, JJ Fair, when the bees ain't over here gossiping about me? Yo, how about you buff these pumas for 20 cents so your lights won't get cut off? Your soggy breasts, cow stomachs. Yo, take them baby gap shirts off too. You just mad because Payless ran out of plastic pumps for the after party. Yo, by the way, go get my album. Gotta 
back to the bodega border crew podcast uh hope you've been liking the tracks that last one was something i found years ago this q unit mashup i think it's pretty funny i know mashups could be kind of cheesy but i always like listen to it got me in a good mood i'm not the biggest 50 cent fan (laughs) or g unit fan so i think it's funny that i actually liked it anyway this is the bodega border crew podcast volume five our fifth episode thanks so much for all the support everyone out there Uh, we've been getting a really good response we're only gonna get better at this with your input so definitely make sure to reach out to us Uh, make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew Uh, check out our page bodega border crew.podbean.com next week i think we're going to cover a bunch of different topics uh some politicking some short takes some links uh maybe I heard it's going to be great this weekend, so maybe I'll have something to report about that. I think we're going to go head up to Ventura County uh, to avoid the crowds. Uh, some little spots that we know that usually usually tend to keep crowds away. Uh, anyway, so in general, I hope you had a great time. Hope you like the tracks. We're going to end on one classic. And I just want to remind everybody, when you're out there, there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Uh, there's more waves coming in. Uh, share waves. Have fun, say hi, smile, have a good attitude. I mean, realize that like we're doing the most fun thing out there. You don't need to have a fucking attitude. Like honestly, like don't bring your Equinox gym bullshit, your 405 freeway bullshit, your fucking white boy rich rich shit to the, to the water. Just realize like it's an equalizer. We're all trying to have a good time. Yeah, there's rules to follows, but sometimes if you fuck up, you're not the judge, jury, and executioner. You're just a surfer out there, just like everybody else is. So again, have a great time out there, and we'll check in with you next week. Peace.
Marquis, dedicated to the radio, now he is she. Because it's time for them to get recognized. This is my version of the Nobel Peace Prize. That's why I'm coming out my face like this. Far as negativity, you never get this. If it wasn't for you, nobody would know. That's why this is some for the radio. Why this is some for the radio. 